All right. I am so excited for this conversation. Today we have Elizabeth Ryder. Elizabeth, thanks for being here. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. Now I'm going to awkwardly make you sit and let me read this out. As a, new, <laughs> as a new staff member at the big four accounting firm, I found myself at fancy dinners and eating takeout in audit rooms just about every night, relying on little sleep and barely keeping a social life alive. My career was flying high, but I felt like complete crap. At 25, I felt like I was 50 years old and there was no end in sight. So decided to do something about it. I committed myself to healthy eating and home cooked food. Not surprisingly, I felt dramatically better within a few weeks. Having grown up with a mom who made everything from scratch, I just kind of knew how to cook. Friends and family started asking for recipes, so I started a free blog. Fast forward through a job offer to a freelance as a business manager, a late night discovery on an online health coaching program, and meeting friends who introduced me to the online business. I did something that I never knew was possible. I turned my blog into an internationally known brand and never looked back. I teach women how to create a vibrant health without deprivation and profitable online businesses they love. Seeing other women succeed lights me up and it's my life's mission to help you make it happen. Um, Stick with me and I'll show you how. Elizabeth, I'm so excited to have you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, it's been a wild journey, but I love talking to women. I love meeting women. All across the world and just you know we've we've all had so many of similar struggles and people don't talk about it especially around food and pressure from society and everything we're doing so yeah i'm glad i'm glad to talk to you and to your entire community well thank you for being here so you you just kind of like on a whim quit your corporate job or was it was it like gradual can you kind of give me the behind the scenes scoop as a as, as an entrepreneur and as a woman myself i'm just always yeah. curious like is it a hard stop is it a passion yeah. that kind of kind of took off? Like, what did you do? Yeah. And mind you, this was 12 years ago. So um, I think at the time I was doing well in my career and I knew like, if I was going to take a chance, this would be a good time because I could come back if I needed to. And I was just, I was working as many do, you know, we pay our dues when we're first starting um, in that corporate environment. I was working so much. I was newly married and I just was like, wow, I don't want to work 70 hours a week anymore. Um, I just don't. And I had this opportunity to be a freelance business manager. So I took it. Yeah. So when, when did you start Elizabeth? So elizabethwriter.com has been for 12 years. Yes. And I may, I love it for anyone who's entrepreneurial here or wants to start a blogger is in this space. I, I will tell you. So my first blog was called whole eating blog. It was, I started it while I was still in corporate America. And it was really just, again, people, I was taking recipes and just making them healthier and it was free. It was on, um, I don't know if anyone remembers this blogger. It was like Google's free blogging platform. I don't even know if it still exists. Don't do, don't use it if it does, because there's no, uh, no visibility. <laughs> but and I, I remember just like, it was just this very basic, bare bones website, and I would just put recipes on a whim sometimes. And then, w- when everything started to happen, and and it was actually around the same time too. I had Facebook at the end of college, but it was really just like people sharing social, like typing things. Like there weren't. It wasn't even link sharing, I don't think. And a few years later, sharing links on Facebook became popular. So people started sharing links on blogs. And my blog got a ton of, it was when I had an RSS feed, like a ton of blog followers. And because links were being shared so much. And so I, you know, became a health coach. I decided I wanted to have Whole Living Blog. So a few years in, I changed my URL to wholelivingblog.com. And I had that for two or three years. And, um, then, you know, fast forward to learning a little bit about business and just kind of understanding where I wanted to go. And a mentor of mine, Marie Forleo, was like, it, it, your website should be your name. It will allow you to grow. It will allow you to, 
you know, change. It'll allow you to do anything you want. You're not stuck in this one thing that you picked. So I changed it to elizabethrider.com, I think in 2013 or 2014. Yeah. And it's okay. been that ever since. Awesome. Yeah. So you kind of found this passion for, I read through your website too, a little bit deeper. Um, you kind of found this passion through also having some health struggles of your own. Mm, yeah. I've had, uh, I was diagnosed with low thyroid when I was 18 and back up before that I had a horrible case of mono. So if anybody here who's listening, if you had mono when you were um, a teen or even after and, or you had uh, severe tonsillitis. So mine started with tonsillitis leading to mono leading to be being diagnosed with severely low thyroid when I was 18 years old. Um, and just being on this, like going through these every year was like, I'd have a period of like, God, I'm so tired. It's like so hard to get out of bed, which w was hard to explain because sure. When I was in corporate America, yeah, you're exhausted and you know, or end of finals or something in college, but it was it just having these periods of times of being like, okay, I'm feeling a lot better. And then just going through these months where I'm like, wow, I'm just so tired. Um, and going through the research and eventually in my early thirties, understanding Epstein-Barr and reactivated Epstein-Barr virus, which is what, um, when you have mono, it's the Epstein-Barr virus. Um, or when you have mono, it can go dormant. And then we've just thought for, you know, all of the medical research up until now has shown like it just goes away or you still have the virus, but it's, it's dormant. And that's not true. It will reactivate and deactivate and reactivate and deactivate. And just going through this health journey of learning how to manage my health and my thyroid and, and really the thyroid problems are a result of the virus and from all, from what I can gather and what my naturopaths can say. And there was no connection to that in modern medicine at the time. Sure. You know, they were just like, take the thyroid pill every morning. You'll be fine. And it's like, yeah, but I wasn't fine. <laughs> You know, they would do a lab test and it's like, oh, this looks normal. It's fine. I was like, but I'm not fine. So yeah, they were, I've had a long journey with that. And if anybody wants to read more about that, that's on my website too. Yeah. I mean, I think I can totally relate to you in that um, realm. I have, I've had extreme like adrenal fatigue mm. and thyroid that's functioning and normal. But I think a lot of times doctors just want to throw medicines or throw things at totally. you and not really get to the root cause. Um, totally. so I, was actually, I, oh, go I, was, ahead. I was just going to say I was someone that I have uh, uh, immune things that I'm very mm -hmm. sensitive. You know, I just feel like I'm a sensitive being. Yeah. Um, I, I had breast implants and I was someone that removed my breast implants mm -hmm. and I went on Fox five and talked about it and yeah. was kind of that. And it's now, I think that women in general just forget to talk about and, and check in with their health. And a lot of times yeah. we think, oh, I'm just getting older or I'm just tired. Like I'm just, yeah. I should be, but no, like a lot of times you need to dig deeper and try to figure out. So I think just coming out with your story and little things like I've come out with my story just for awareness, because our, we can fully say this, like I, our health is our wealth. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And if so, you don't have your health, you don't have anything. It's, it's hard to do anything if you don't have your health. And I'll say this, there's nothing wrong with take for anyone listening. There's nothing wrong with taking thyroid medication. I'm still on traditional, uh, Lavoxyl, levothyroxine. And I also supplement with some other um, natural supplements to help boost my thyroid. So sometimes it's just that your thyroid just flat out, it won't, it won't come back. Like it's not producing what it needs to produce and it won't come back. So anyone listening, I don't want you to feel like, oh, there's no shame in taking thyroid medicine. I still take mine. Um, but there are things you can do to feel better. And I think the other thing that happens, especially with thyroid is my TSH. So TSH is a thyroid stimulating hormone. It's really like the first thing that they'll look at to look at your thyroid health. Um, the normal range, I think is something now like in, in uh, modern medicine, like 0.5 to five. And at one point my TSH was like 10 
And this is like, you know, my late twenties and my family doctor was like, look, I just, I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> like I, I can't help you anymore. I'm going to send you to the endocrinologist. So I had an appointment and you have to have a referral for an endocrinologist in the U S so I went to the endocrinologist and he was like, we want your thyroid as close to the, your TSH as close to one as possible. And what happens is somebody's thyroid numbers will be like four. And of course on the lab, it's not flagged. It's like normal quote normal, but of course you're not feeling well. If, right. if you're on, on the high end of the range. So I think, you know, I like to tell women, I mean, people in general to you are your own best health advocate and you have to take control of your health. Learn what, even if, you know, and, and you can look on my website for this, you can look on many websites for this, like learn what the optimal numbers are, not just like the nor quote normal range, like learn the optimal numbers and, and be on top of it. Ask to see your lab results. Know what, know what your numbers are. It's, I talk about that, the health habit. It's extremely important. I love it. Um, so let's dive in and talk about food. Cause yeah. I think as we both know food and what we eat and what we're putting in our bodies can either feed inflammation or different things that are happening in our body. Um, or it can help fuel us to be the best version of ourselves that we have. Mm. So you have really taken a lot of your recipes and, um, or created recipes and made them very healthy and non-inflammatory. So can you talk about, you know, for, for busy women, like we all are busy, yeah. like regardless of what it is. Yeah. What is, what is your recommendation? Like, let's talk about meal prep, meal organization, food prep. Like, do you have a specific day that you plan stuff out? What about mm -hmm. integrating new things into your, like, like I look at all your stuff. I'm like, oh, this looks amazing. I want to try this, 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 but I get, I'm on such a routine that it's hard to enter. Yeah. So how do you, what, what is all your recommendations? Say? Totally. Well, first I'll just say, I love to eat. I love food. <laughs> I love, and, and I, you know, I, I really try to avoid as a health coach diet culture and telling people that they have to live in this. I call it the flavorless box of perfection where like, you don't have to live on boiled chicken breast or, or, you know, steamed broccoli and chicken breast for the rest of your life. That stuff is great, but there's so many ways that you can turn all of the abundance of wonderful food on our planet, fruits and vegetables and, and grains and, and animal products, whatever it is for you into incredible nourishing meals without all of the highly processed junk. So I think, you know, first and foremost, I love to eat. I love food. And I, and I, and I think we need to talk about that more in society because women are so told to eat less and to shrink. Right. And, and that's not the case, but your body is literally made of the food you eat. <laughs> like it has nothing else to create your cells and to create, to, to create what it needs. So what you eat is in my opinion, the way I look at it is what I eat is how I'm going to feel. So if I eat something that is highly processed and, um, you know, full of unhealthy ingredients, I'm going to feel unhealthy. I'm going, not going to feel well. And if I can feel, fuel my body with real food, I know I'm going to feel great. So I really focus on one thing that I think is not talked about enough in nutrition too, is we, we, people get so wrapped up in the idea of macronutrients and protein, fats, and carbs, which I love as well to, to talk about. And those things are important, but I really just look at hydration. I'm like, have I eaten enough things today that have water in them? And what has water in it? Fruits and vegetables, some cooked grains, you know, like where, where am I getting the water from? People will go an entire day without, you know, we talk about drinking water enough, but if you're eating foods that have a lot of hydration in them, you'll naturally crowd out highly processed foods. Highly processed foods don't have any water in them. Um, so I tell people, you know, really focus on foods that have water in them, foods that have hydration. And, you know, meal planning and prep is so specific to the individual. 
everyone's home life is so different, right? Some people have kids, some people are single, depending on your age group, if you're in school, if you have a job, uh, what your preferences are, uh, religious preferences, budget. There's so many different um, things that factor into meal planning, but something that I think is really important is a few things. Find, find meals that you love that you can cook once and eat two or three times. Like I love, you know, big soup on the stove in a Dutch oven, let the Dutch oven cool down, put the lid on it and put the whole thing in the refrigerator. I don't even like bother to put it into individual uh, containers anymore. Um, if you're making, if you eat meat, if you're making chicken on Monday, make enough to also have on Wednesday, right? There's so many, the, the idea of cook once, eat two or three times, I think is, or freeze, right? If I make pesto, I always make a double batch and then I freeze half of it. So the next time I want to make something with pesto, I can grab that out of the freezer in the morning. So uh, cook once, eat two or three times is one of my my favorite uh, meal planning and meal prep tricks. I love that. I've, I've actually done that for a very long time and said that for a very long time because it's a, you can integrate it into a salad the next day. You can integrate, like if it's a protein, like there's just so many different things. We are gonna take a quick little break to hear a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by startplanner.com, your tool for a more organized life. Featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Inc.com, Startplanner was created to meet the demands of today's busy lifestyle, helping you to plan, execute, and organize every aspect of your life in one concise system. Align schedules, to-dos, finances, health, wellness, goal setting, and clear action steps to all work together and drive results. Learn more at startplanner.com. Integration as far as new recipes. Cause I think yeah. like I, we see all this beautiful stuff and I see all your beautiful stuff. I'm like, I want to try that. So do you recommend people like just picking one recipe a week or a month or is it, you know, like, I think that some yeah. people want to try new flavors, not only like the looks, right. It's the new flavors, but they yes. don't even know what to do or like, what is this ingredient? Like, you know, yeah, what I'm absolutely. I think one thing that we like to do in our house. So, um, I live with my boyfriend. We've been together um, for the, about a year and a half and I have two bonus daughters with him. They're eight and 10. And you know, it, in some, so some nights it's just us, sometimes it's two and sometimes it's four and it's always different. I think a lot of women here and men would resonate with this, uh, that when there's kids involved, it's like, okay, we got to make something that, you know, I don't want to be a short order cook. I don't want to be making everybody a different meal, right? I want to make one meal that we're all going to enjoy. And I think something that's worked really well for us is, um, having theme nights. So like we have maybe, um, like Thai food, Thai inspired flavors, or, you know, Asian inspired flavors on Monday, maybe taco Tuesday, and then like Italian food on Wednesday. And that would mean like a stir fry on Monday night, um, instant pot tacos on Tuesday night. And then on Wednesday night, like a pasta or something like that. And I love that. yeah, and that really like kids can really grab onto that. Right. Because especially in the U S depending on what part of the world you're in, like kids know what like Mexican food is, right. Or they know what Italian food is like pasta or chicken Parmesan or something like that. And that really mixes up the flavors too. So you don't feel like you're having like the same thing over and over and over again. And I also look for if, especially if you're wanting to integrate new flavors, look for recipes that have 10 ingredients or less. So if you wanted to, like, maybe you only, when you eat Asian inspired food, like Thai food or Chinese food or something, maybe you only order in because that's intimidating for you to cook. You can make great stir fries and things that are nine, 10 ingredients, maybe even less, maybe eight ingredients. Um, I think people, you know, they'll, they'll take on like the, 
the most challenging recipe in that genre, you know, with like 30 ingredients, really obscure ingredients. Their grocery bill was a hundred dollars. It took them three hours to make it. You know, it's like, you don't overwhelmed. have to be yeah. <laughs> overwhelming. That kind of, to me, that kind of stuff is fun to do on the weekend, you know, to do something like that. But I think you can look for, and that's my philosophy with a lot of the recipes on ElizabethWriter.com. You know, we really look at, okay, how many ingredients is this going to take and how much is it going to cost to buy the ingredients? And what tips can we give people to, you know, rein in the budget? So I always tell people, like, if you're going to try, um, my boyfriend is um, half Pakistani and half Palestinian, and he makes this these, like, amazing curries and things, right? But if you're going to try that, you can go to the bulk section at most natural food stores, and you can buy, like, two tablespoons of Madras curry powder, right? You don't have to buy the whole jar. So think about how you can buy um, just the amount of ingredients, or if you're trying a new grain, Go to the bulk section and buy, you know, a half a cup of spelt or a half a cup of quinoa. You don't have to buy the whole bag. I so, and, and, then, and then you can really understand, do I even like this? If you do like it and you could see yourself making it often, yeah, buy the whole thing. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, um, what would you say to someone that literally is just, I don't cook, right? Like I order everything out. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think that there's, there's a lot of people that just, like it's almost cheaper just to eat out. It's cheaper just to, and we're in this like coming out of not coming out depends on where what portion of the country you're in Seattle. Like, I'm in Seattle. We're still mostly practically in lockdown here, so correct. So it depends on what portion of the country you're in. But we actually yeah. everybody had to either you can't go out and enjoy yeah. stuff. But yeah. a lot of people that were eating out now got forced to cook at home. So totally for, any, for anyone that just doesn't like to cook or feels overwhelmed to cooked, and so you didn't cook for a period of time. What would you yeah. say to someone that? Like what can it do for your health, to your energy, to your life? Yeah. So I think cooking at home is, is, it, I want to say the single best. There's probably other things like don't smoke. <laughs> There's a few other things that are really important, but one of the single best things you can do for your health, because you can, you can control the nutrition and what's going into your body and the flavor, which I think is great as well. What a lot of people don't know. And look, I love restaurants. I love supporting restaurants and one of our favorite things to do is to go out on a date night and, you know, enjoy what the city has to offer. But something to me, that's such a special treat because what a lot of people don't know is restaurant tricks, right? Like if you order a burger at a restaurant, especially a really nice restaurant, oftentimes they, you know, it's high quality meat, but they grab like two pats of butter to finish it off on top because that makes it just taste so amazing. But that's not listed on the menu. It's not in the ingredients, right? They put another two tablespoons of butter on the bun to toast it up and make it all nice. And then they put some type of sauce on it. So you're literally, your body has to absorb and work through almost two meals. You know, I don't like to talk about calories. I don't focus on numbers. But just alone thinking about you just ate double the amount of food in one burger that if you made that burger at home and you controlled what went on that burger and it tastes amazing, you can make an amazing burger at home. Yeah. Um, you, your body just is, it's, it's less for your liver to process. It's better for your digestive system. Um, you know, and it, even nice restaurants, you know, that I know by really good quality ingredients, they have to have some food brought in right? They just do. And to have food brought in from all across the world, it has to have preservatives in it. And you can control so much when you make it at home. Um, and if people are struggling with like, I just don't like to cook, you know, really start to have this association of, you know, I, the way I view the body is like, this is just, you know, you're, um, I think it's 
I can't remember who said this first. It's like, this is our meat suit, right? Like your body is just the vehicle for your mind. And just like you would take care of your house, you can't let your house, you know, never do maintenance on your house or not take care of it because you wouldn't have a place to live. Like your body is just the physical representation of where you live. And looking like, wow, I need to take care of that. I need to maintain that. I need to hydrate that. I need to keep it going so I can be here for a long time and start to connect, you know, how you feel to what the food is. And again, look for recipes that are 10 ingredients or less. <laughs> you know, you don't have to make complicated. Great food does not have to be complicated. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Yeah. I love keep it. Keep it simple. I have, there's a free, um, free dinner uh, recipe ebook on my website. Anybody can grab it. There's 10 healthy yes. dinner recipes that are 30 minutes or less, um, all made with real food and taste fantastic. So, you know, I've, Elizabeth, my, yeah. Tell them your website right now. That's oh, sorry, was my next question. Elizabethrider.com and it's R-I-D-E-R. -E uh, the first time I made my boyfriend stir fry, you know, it takes 20 minutes maybe to make a stir fry with six ingredients, I think, for the sauce that you might even have in your pantry. Uh, he was like, this tastes just like, just like takeout. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's, you, you can really control a lot and make simple food. So it doesn't have to be complicated. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for creating these recipes and inspiring women, not only from a, not only from a recipe perspective, but a health and a body and a mind awareness. Um, I think that what you've done and what you're created and what you're sharing is super powerful. So we can, elizabethrider.com, you guys, you can go grab from her website, see tons of recipes. Lots like of you said, those, <laughs> those free downloads, which will integrate perfectly into your start planner. If you're someone that's listening, that's, uh, has a start planner. Um, and then Elizabeth, are you on Instagram? I am. It's Elizabeth underscore writer. I think if you search Elizabeth writer, it just comes up. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. Um, Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here and sharing. And, uh, like I said, doing all that you are, cause you truly are a pioneer, um, uh, you know, being doing this for over a decade. So yeah. I love to see other women, uh, succeeding. And, um, I want to ask one more question. Yeah. Pioneer making healthy, never feel like hell. Where did you get that from? Is that something <laughs> that you, that you've just trademarked or branded? Like it's not, not every day that you see like, you know that. I'm yeah. You know, what's funny about that. Um, a friend of a good friend of mine, Ash Amberger, who runs, um, if anybody's in the entrepreneurial world, world, you might know her. She runs the middle finger project. Okay. She has, she's hilarious. I just one follow her cause she's hilarious. Um, but two, she has like this very loud brand and she, for herself and she's phenomenal at writing copy for all businesses, um, in different voices. And she came up with that and she sent it to me. And I was like, oh, that's really bold. She's like, yeah, but if you have a boring website and if you're boring, no one's going to want, you know, to keep reading. And I kind of liked it because I think the one thing that prevents people from being healthy is like, oh, it's going to, they might not say the words it's going to feel like hell, but it, it's really like, oh, like it's going to be boring. It's going to be, you know, tedious. I'm not going to like it. I think something about, you know, that I really want to shift the mindset of is that, the reason you like your processed food so much and your fast food and your chips and your things is because scientists are paid so much money to come up with the right combinations of compounds to make you want that again. People are paid big bucks to do that. And it works, right? I remember in college, like my friends and I used to love Taco Bell. And I'm like the thought of never eating Taco Bell again, I was like, I couldn't do that. And and then it just one day I realized, I was like, well, I haven't had Taco Bell in like a year. And now it's been like, honestly, like 10 years. It's been so long. Um, I don't crave it because I haven't had it for so long. But when you're eating something like that, of course you want it again. People are paid a lot of money to make you want it again. And real food tastes so amazing. 
and you can make real food taste so incredible, way better than any kind of processed food. So I, I want to shift people from the mentality that being healthy is boring and you won't like it and processed food is better because it's not true. Right. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much. You guys go check her out. Check out her website. Her recipes is absolutely amazing. I love to cook, but I'm not the best. My boyfriend actually is a huge cook and he's, that's Ooh, his that's realm. Cool. And, and yes, I'm, I'm always like, <laughs> you just do that department. Um, so I know whoever you're with, I'm so sure is very lucky to have you being able to cook all that firsthand. <laughs> oh, it's been really fun. He's actually, what I've really enjoyed about being with my boyfriend from a food perspective is he also loves food. Um, and he has these recipes. Like I said, his dad's from Pakistan. He has these like, um, South Asian recipes, these like curries and these things that I don't really know anything about. And it's just like, wow, this is so good. You know? And again, it's like the, the, that real food, he buys the whole cumin seeds and you know, th these different spices and he'll make something I'm like, wow, this is so good. So I think, and I would also encourage anybody listening to again, explore different flavors, explore explore cuisines from all over the world, right? And, you know, kind of try and have those theme nights and you can really get into a groove of uh, not getting bored with your food. I love it. I love it. And I think that's the key because we all love to eat, right? Like we're, <laughs> we're thinking what's for breakfast, what's for lunch, what's for dinner? Like it's, we love to eat and we need it to, we need it to survive. I mean, it's one of the things. So just making sure we're picking the right choices for our bodies um, and kind of getting out of that, a bad routine. If you grew up in a bad routine, which I did, I could kind of eat and drink whatever, not like drink, drink, but you know what I mean? Like yeah, I could get, absolutely. Sodas. <laughs> I could get absolutely. sodas, you know? Um, so I had, it's something that I had to go through a journey myself of teaching myself. Um, so I just think, uh, I love what you're doing and I love that you're empowering and, um, teaching other women how to take control of their body and their mind and their kitchens. Mm -hmm. and have oh, fun thank with you. It. you just made me think of something I'll just mention real quick. If I can, you know, food is the common connector. Mm -hmm. Food is the one thing we all it's indisputable that we all have in common. We all have to eat, right? We all have can have different ideas and different belief systems and different opinions. Food is the common connector. And food is so personal because, because it's the common connector and food is emotional. We associate like mom's lasagna, right? Or like the way my mom made or my dad or my, my uh, the adults in my life made this, right? Or like, man, Cheerios are so comforting to me because that's what I had before school when I was growing up, right? Or um, in the Midwest in the US, it's... Uh, what is it? Hash brown casserole. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're like, we yeah. never had that. I'm from Montana. I was like, what is this? Um, and it, it, and it is very personal. And, and so I would, I would also invite people to really evaluate like what foods have that role in your life and you don't have to get rid of them, but how can you find a recipe that turns that healthier? How can you integrate that in and, and still have those flavors and have that food in it in a different way? Right. So it's like, if you, it's like tacos, if like tacos are your thing, right? Like learn how to, it's in, it's in my recipe book, like learn how to make instant pot tacos or slow cooker tacos. There's so many ways you can make tacos. We still have all those flavors and that feeling in a different way. So yeah, foods are common connector and it's personal. And when you tell all of a sudden, tell somebody you can't have that anymore. It's you're taking an emotion away from them. And that's why it's so volatile, especially in a family, if you're like trying to change habits and behaviors and things. So you know, really evaluate what food, what role does, does, does flavor play in your life and certain recipes and certain foods? And how can you, you know, if you had pancakes every Saturday growing up, you know, there's a, I, you can do egg and banana pancakes. You can do uh, 
gluten-free pancakes. You can do all kinds of different pancakes, right? So really try and find just different recipes of what you love that will support your health. I love it. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. What great insight. So you guys go check out our website, go grab free downloads and focus on your health. Like it, you're, like we said in the very, very beginning, it's, it's our wealth. So thank you again, Elizabeth. Thanks for coming on here and sharing. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And we will be back next week with more, you guys. You can find any links discussed in this podcast in the description below. If you like this episode, please leave us a review and hit the subscribe button. It helps us so much. You can listen on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. We are here weekly with brand new episodes. See you guys soon.